Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Russ M., and I, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is December 9th, 2022. Today we're reading from the Big Book and We Agnostics, uh, page 47, the fourth paragraph. Uh, besides the seemingly inability to accept much, ending with no one else will be prejudiced for as long as some of us were. Today's readers are, for the steps, Zoe N. For the traditions, Kelly K. Reading the text, Dan Marie M. Page 164, Sherry B. Our backup reader is Colleen M. Newcomer greeter, Sandy K. And second, our host is Karen K. The reference numbers for yesterday, Thursday, December 8, 2022, are the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, 19,729. That's 19729. The 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, 19,730. 19730. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no soliciting or accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issue issues. I'm sorry. <coughs> Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took which are su- suggested as a program of recovery. So I will now ask Kelly K, I'm sorry, Zoe N, to read the 12 steps. Good morning, this is Zoe N, Compulsive Overeater. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood God. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, 
sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood God, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Zoe. Next up is Kelly Kay with the 12 Traditions. Star one, Kelly. Can I be heard? Gotcha now. Yep. One, one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or leave the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. All right. Thank you. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share. But we ask to keep your, that you keep your share to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does not meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. All right, today we are in We Agnostics, page 47, the fourth paragraph, reading just that paragraph. 
besides a seeming inability to accept much and ending with no one else will be prejudiced for as long as some of us were. And we're just reading one paragraph. So I asked Anne-Marie M. to start us off today. Good morning, Russ. Thank you for uh, leading the meeting. This is Anne-Marie M. in South Carolina. Um, and through God's grace and working the 12 steps, um, I am, the obsession from compulsive overeating has been removed, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. So besides a seeming inability to accept lunch on faith, we often found ourselves handicapped by obstinacy, sensitiveness, and unreasoning prejudice. Many of us had been so touchy that even casual reference to spiritual things made us drizzle with antagonism. This sort of thinking had to be abandoned. Though some of us resisted, we found no great difficulty in casting aside such feelings. Faced with alcohol destruction, we soon became as open-minded on spiritual matters as we had tried to be on other questions. In this respect, alcohol was a great persuader. It finally beat us into a state of reasonableness. Sometimes this is a tedious process. We hope no one else will be prejudiced for as long as some of us were. So um, going back to that the first couple of words, besides a seeming inability. So, you know, I'm seemingly uh, unable to put down the food and seeming inability to accept faith. And my thoughts were distorted, distorted. Without God's help, of course, I could not um, accept much on faith. But yet I needed faith to accept God. So, um, And it says here, we're often handicapped by obstinacy, stubbornness, inflexible self-resistance. And for me, that was like, I can do this on my own. And the sensitivityness, you know, handicapped by sensitivityness, being intolerant. And and I think of that prayer on page 67 when we ask God for tolerance. And, you know, I learned that that's intolerance is to be more thick-skinned, not to not let things bother me so much. And especially this having a higher power or a spiritual awareness. Um, that needed to be, um, I need to have a thicker skin and not not let it bother me so much. And unreasoning prejudice, you know, uh, opinions formed without knowledge is, is prejudice. And I did have uh, some opinions, and I didn't have a true knowledge of my, the God of my understanding and what spirituality was. I had religion, but I didn't have the spirituality. So um, that I've been, uh, many of us have been so touchy, and that's that intolerance that I see. Um, so the next sentence, uh, the sort of thinking had to be abandoned. So there was, there's some things in the big book that I, I need to follow. Well, I think most of the things, but the precise directions. And any time I see must or had to, it opens up my, my eyes to see what I need to do, and I had to abandon my idea of what 
I thought God was and what spirituality was. I got them confused, the spirituality and the religion. Religion didn't work for me. And so I was adamant that spirituality wasn't going to work. But I found, thank God, that there are two different things. And my spirituality is a very closeness to God, a loving God that, that I understand. And faced with alcoholic destruction, I was backed into a corner with my compulsive eating. I had to do something about it. And if it meant that I had to learn about spirituality, then I finally, through God's grace, I finally um, became open. And, and it says here, we hope no one else will be as prejudiced for as long as some of us were. I spent, I came into, time. Say, I spent a long time. I'm just going to end with that and being prejudiced. So I hope no one else will be as prejudiced for as long as I was. So I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Anne-Marie, for getting us started. All right, we're going to open up the lines for sharing. And although we uh, value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day. So if you shared on uh, Tuesday, uh, I'm sorry, Wednesday or Thursday, please step back and allow others to share. So who would like to share on page 47 here? Katie G. Lisa G, Rhode Island. Uh, Reva P. I got, I got Katie G. I got on. Karen K. Um, uh, Felicia D, Rhode Island. Hold on, hold on. Katie G on on um. I think Karen K. I Reba missed P. two other. Uh, Reva, I got Reva. Melissa Reba C. P. Linda D. Melissa. Felicia D. Okay, Melissa Linda. Linda, Felicia, and Eileen. I think that's a. Good one. All right, it's a great lineup. I'm just missing Felicia's uh, first initial. We'll get that on the way. All right, so we got Katie on G, Karen. G All right, thank you. Katie on Karen, Reva, Melissa, Linda, Felicia, and Eileen. Katie, you're up. Hey, Russ. Good morning, everyone. Russ, thanks for your service. KDG Recovered Compulsive Eater in Boston. There's so much in here. You know, um, <clears throat> the word handicapped means I'm, I'm restricted physically, mentally, or socially. And I am restricted physically, mentally, and socially. I have always been because I want things to go my way. I'm very, very hard-headed, and I'm very unteachable. And my sensitivity, um, you know, people could look at me in a certain way, and it's all about me, right? And, like, how could a God um, be bigger than me when, um, you know, I'm not getting what I want? And then unreasoning, um, which is um, having no control, prejudice. And prejudice are any old ideas I have. And I have to tell you, the other day somebody said, like, what what brought me to my knees? Like, what brought me to step one? And, you know, I just love that the previous speaker said she was backed into a corner. Because me, too, I was beaten into a state of reasonableness. And it was a tedious process. It was so painful. Coming on this line, saying I was recovered, getting on the scale, being tortured by the scale, being tortured by exercise, being tortured by my illness, being tortured by my lies. It was torture, right? And then, you know, anything, um, 
anything that, that didn't go with the way KDG wanted things, I was absolutely, I, I was absolutely beyond antagonistic. I was hostile. You know, if people said the meaning of a word somewhere, I would say, no, they're wrong. You know, it has to go my way. And I have to tell you, the only thing that got me out of this prejudice, like um, this openness to God, was my disease. I, I just, I got into a corner and all I could do was say, help me, tell me what to do. And let me tell you, I didn't know if it would work for me. You know, 17 years into the program, I didn't know if saying I wasn't recovered and saying I'd been exercising bulimically and saying that I wanted to take a gun to my head because I was so sick, I didn't know. But all I knew is that what I was doing wasn't working, you know. And today, you know, for some reason, God has chosen me for today, you know, to be to be recovered. And my primary purpose is to help others. It's not to be prejudiced. It's not to be handicapped by my stubbornness. It's not to school all of you in the way to work this recovery program, right? It's it's to put my hand out there. It's to be loving and provide love and information, and most importantly, to be a ticker tape parade for God, because this God has entered into my mind and heart in a way that is indeed miraculous, and the more I can set aside every single thing I know up to this moment, the more I get to God and get to you guys. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks, Katie. Next up is On M, followed by Karen Kay. Hi, Russ. This is On M here, Recovered Compulsive Operation in Ireland. Can I be heard okay? Perfect. Yep. Brilliant. Thank you so much. And thank you, Russ, for your service. And thanks to, uh, yeah, thanks to our opening chair. Um, yeah, I love this paragraph as well. It's, um, for me, it's, you know, has to be, has to be beaten into a state of reason, reasonableness or, you know, it's, it's that part where, yeah, I had no problem with spirituality and religion, even though I didn't have a spiritual, didn't have a spiritual practice or a spiritual life and I certainly wasn't living a spiritual life um but that wasn't really what got me here it was more like it says here uh faced with alcoholic destruction and you know alcohol was a great persuader and it certainly was for me and you know I came into the rooms and it's 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 a while now and I've been recovered for a while but it's it, it's it's day one, you know. It's it's every day is Groundhog Day for me. It's back to step one, and you know it's that part where I came in here desperate, dying, and doomed, nowhere else to go, and the food had me. It just had me, just absolutely in the in its crooks, and you know I know this disease today. I know it's fatal, progressive, and it's it's permanent, and. Uh, before I came in here, I didn't. I thought the food was my problem. I thought everything else would be okay if I could just get the food under under control. And it, it, it wasn't. It wasn't okay. Everything else was not okay. You know, I did not live a spiritual life. Um, I did not have a, a strong connection uh, with a higher power. I was blocked off my higher power and I didn't, I didn't have any understanding around recovery. And, you know, I'd love the part where it says it finally beat, me, beat us into a state of reasonableness. And that was me. That's my story. Because 
I came, I came, certainly came for the sanity, definitely came for the sanity, or came for the vanity and stayed for the sanity. And, and, you know, I was at death's door. I was certainly spiritually bankrupt. I was mentally just, you know, beaten to death by trying to, um, trying to find a solution, a solution I thought to my food problem, but really the problem was much deeper. All my character defects blocked me from my higher power. I had no strong connection with a higher power. I didn't live a spiritual life. I certainly was very absorbed in myself and I didn't really care about anybody else. And today life is the opposite. Life is all about, you know, being being fully connected, grounded in, in a power greater than myself, you know, being of service to other people, um, you know, being loving and kind and receiving love and kindness from other people. And, and, you know, it's a happy, joyous and free life. And it's one I absolutely cherish. And it's for everybody today. And I'm so, so grateful for it. And with that, I pass. And thanks again, Ross, for your service. Thanks, Anne. All right. Next up is Karen Kay, followed by Reva. Good morning. And thank you, Russ, for your service. Uh, my name is Karen Kay, recovered compulsive eater from Syracuse, New York. And my credit is to transfer. This whole chapter is all about any one way that you can find your God, and I love it. Um, especially in this part in the paragraph where it said, in this respect, alcohol was a great persuader. It finally beat us into a state of being re re reasonable. I kind of switched up the words with there a little bit. You know, I had to be beaten down you know, um, than any other program I've been in. And the last time I went through the steps formally with someone, she said to me, are you done? You know, and, uh, you know, I was so dry. Um, it wasn't so much the food. I was just so dry in my behavior. I was like blocked from the sunlight of the spirit. So to me, that means that paragraph says to me, you know, are you done? Are you beaten down enough? No matter what way it is. And it was a tedious process in the very beginning because I was just so blocked, uh, being newly married, uh, being the, the person that my husband fell in love with, and I was slowly falling out of that person, of that idea, Karen, um, the idea wife, the idea friend, the idea uh, employee, I was, I was slipping there. Um, and, and they're like giving you like a little bit of a promise, a little bit of a warning here. We hope no one else will be prejudiced for as long as some of us were. You know, do I want to die on that mountain? Do I want to, do I want to like be stuck there? You know, and, and working with others, you know, I, it's, it's sad when, you know, I ask people, you know, this, this disease is so powerful. And I ask them a simple question, are you done? And there's just quietness on the phone. And, and I'm just not their teacher. You know, and um, I just wish everybody a wonderful, happy Friday and a wonderful weekend. And I would like to hear some other shares. With that, I will pass. Thanks, Russ. Thanks, Karen. All right. Next up is Reva P. Followed by Melissa C. Good morning. This is Reva P. Grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. Um, I love the statement that alcohol was a great persuader because, you know, I didn't come here. I didn't like wake up one day and say, you know, I'm eating a, a lot and this eating looks really unhealthy. I, I think 
it would be a great idea to go try a 12-step spiritual program. Like I didn't, that's not how it happened for me. For me, I had to keep doing what I was doing till it got, it got really, really bad. And I reached not just the physical, emotional bottom, but just like this spiritual bottom where I could not go on. Like my life was just falling apart um, all around me. And it was an inside thing that I just, I can't live like this anymore. Um, and um, it was like, you know, the house is on fire. I got to get out of here. I'm going to die. And, and that's what it was like. Um, and it's not just that alcohol was a great persuader, you know, and um, with respect to the abstinence, but what is my great persuader now? Restlessness, irritability, discontent, disturbance, irritation, any disturbance, that is my great persuader. And what do I do? I run to the steps. I run out of that burning firehouse um, and do my step work. Because if I stay in that for me, if I stay in resentment and fear too long, I will destruct like I'm in a house that's on fire. Um, I will eventually go back to the food. Um, so I, I love that. And, you know, it says in the AA 12 and 12, it's the same thing, like faced with alcohol. Um, under the lash of alcoholism, we become as willing as the dying. Um, and I have to get to that point. I, I, I have to get to whatever my bottom is for what everybody has their own bottom. And then I am persuaded. Um, and um, I love this business of prejudice. And I looked it up and it says, um, like to form an opinion, um, not even based on reason or actual experience. So like, you know, did I try the 12 step? Did I try um, using God? Did I try to ask for help um, with my higher power? Um, you know, I, I dare anybody, you know, rarely have we seen a person fail. Like, I, I, I dare myself to, you know, try it, do the step work, um, you know, 10, 11, 12, uh, whatever it says in the book and see what happens. And I'm always amazed, like, hey, it worked. Because um, yesterday I was super disturbed uh, did my step work and like at the end of the day it's like wow god you really you really can um, so where am I agnostic and where am I having prejudice um, it's so much more than the food um, and with that I pass hi Reva so before Melissa jumps on she'll let you know where we're at if you got on the uh, meeting a little later we're we agnostics uh, Page 47, fourth paragraph, besides a seemingly inability to accept much. And we're just reading that one paragraph. All right, Melissa, you're up. Hey, good morning, Russ. Thanks so much for your service this morning. <clears throat> My name is Melissa Sam, a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York, currently in Florida. Um, you know, I, I thought the way that I felt was, so unique to me that it's almost it's almost kind of funny but but really comforting to read that um this paragraph obviously I'm not the only one that felt this way you know obviously um I'm not so unique you know I I came you know into OA and out of OA and into OA and out of OA um and the thing that um I wanted I wanted was peace 
happiness, joy. I wanted a thin body. That was really what I wanted. Um, and I thought that I was going to get stronger. I thought the people that had this were really strong, and that's what I thought I was going to get. And when they spoke of God, yeah, I felt touchy, pissed off, you know. My my personal life experiences, um, by the way, I was always a compulsive overeater from the time I was a little girl. But over time, um, you know, I had dieted and done lots of things, but I had some really painful life experiences. I, you know, lost a number of pregnancies late in the pregnancy, had a child that lived a day and died. I lost my best friend. My father died. And I was like, don't talk to me about God. It just, it pissed me off. I, I, I leaned heavily on my ability, my thinking and my ability to figure it out. And I couldn't figure out how was I going to find a God and yet have like some peace with all the things that came before. Um, and but it was a tedious process because I was stubborn, I was hostile, I was sensitive, I was touching, and I had unreasoning prejudice. And, you know, I could walk around in life with all those things, but in order to live with feeling that way, I had to eat so much damn food I couldn't, I couldn't digest it. And that was the tedious process. And for me, it really just came at a point where I looked around at the life that I did have, and I, and I knew it was falling apart, and I knew that I couldn't go on like this anymore. And what happened for me, this non-believer cried out, God, help me. <laughs> and soon after, I got help. You know, something happened, and I began to take direction. Um, you know, I, I just pray that other people find this you know, before they're sort of faced with that kind of tedious process. Um, but I guess it takes what it takes. And today I'm really grateful that I've had this, you know, connection with God and um, and I cast aside. I let go of my prejudice. And thanks for that. I'll pass. Thanks, Melissa. Next up is Linda D. followed by Felicia D. Hi, everybody. It's Linda D. from Connecticut. I'm stunned. I am so grateful to be here. It's such a privilege to be in particular at this meeting because there's so much help here. Um, did I say I'm recovered? Holy mackerel, I'm recovered. But I better watch my ass because this is a tricky, tricky disease. The thing that jumps out at me is this. It's almost funny if it weren't tragic, and it is tragic, a seeming inability to accept much on faith. Um, I didn't trust anybody, least of all myself. I came here half dead, almost dead, and um, and I weighed um, 276 on a five foot four frame that's very petite, and. Uh, and I was bludgeoned. And uh, and I certainly didn't believe in God because I was very, very, well, just so smart. What can I tell you? And um, in other words, I was intellectual. And, and it's great to have a good mind. It's a very uh, wonderful gift. 
and almost totally irrelevant because this is a program about love and it's about intuition. And those are the skills that I'm going to learn and I won't even know it. And I do the steps and I do them over and over till they're part of me. I, they're in my bones. And, um, and I want to share something. If I'm a very, very uh, listening and obedient, I'll have an anniversary tomorrow. And it'll be a nine years uh, recovered, not cured. And that's our victory. That's God's victory. That's your victory with me. I can't do this alone. And so I'm going to have to listen, listen hard inside to all the trash in my head about blah, 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 blah. And it's not about love. It is about love. And I'm learning how to love you and how to love me out of the source. The source is within me and within you, and I'm going to pay attention. And the the next day, uh, which would be, I guess, Sunday, it'll be day one again, again, again. What a gift. It's, it's dazzling. It's so worth it. God is dazzling and present and loves you and loves me. And I want to let that force love me today. Thank you for loving me back to health. And I pass. Thank you, Linda. Next up is Felicia D, followed by Eileen P. Hi, this is Felicia D. May I be heard? Yep. I can't even believe this meeting is happening right now. I'm. I always hear people that take notes, but I guess I had a prejudice because I was like, I don't need to take notes. But everyone, everything that everyone has said, thank you so much for your service, for being on this call. Um, I have to abandon my idea of what God was. I came from a different 12-step program that was not. It's hard for me to put down that addiction. And I spent 30 years trying to use that God to keep me abstinent and not understanding that I was uh, being obstinate and that it wasn't working after three decades. And um, I'm just I'm just kind of just really like in awe. Food is the great persuader. When I came in the last time, I was trying to tell everyone how to, in my family how to run their life. I was completely intolerant. I was overly sensitive. I had everything, everything rubbed me the wrong way. Um, a handicap, so, so so handicapped by my old ideas and food beat me into a state of reasonableness. I'm, I was in my room, there were boxes everywhere. I was eating two boxes of things that are at a, at a whack, you know, just thousands and thousands of calories and getting bigger and bigger and doubling and tripling and quadrupling my blood pressure medication and feeling further and further and further away from God. And I, there was, <laughs> There was no sunlight of the spirit. Uh, even when I got my sponsor, I was just like, you know, I don't get abstinent. Like, I get there and then I stop. And um, I really loved what, what someone said about um, if the food is down, what becomes the great persuader, restlessness, 
and irritability, any disturbances. My life has fallen apart since October 13th when I got abstinent. And I think I'd be, I'm tempted to say that it's not the way that it's supposed to be, but I just have this overwhelming feeling that God, it is the way that it's supposed to be because I would never, ever be beaten into a state of reasonableness. I would never stop playing God. I would never think that my brain could figure out this abstinence my way or I couldn't sponsor myself. Even though I had a sponsor, I guess I wasn't really listening to her, so I was trying to sponsor myself. And none of it works. Every, all of the awful feelings that people said, I can just so relate to. I just can't even believe. I'm going to try not to be like overly emotional like on the other side because I'm not usually in the middle. But I'm just so grateful. I feel like I just can't even believe how much I needed this meeting. I'm so grateful that you all showed up, and I'm so grateful that God guided me here. Thank you so much. I pass. Thank you, Felicia. Next up is Eileen P., and then we'll take another list. Hi, uh, Russ. Can I be heard? It's Eileen P. Yep. Awesome. Uh, your your voice reminds me of my young nephew on the East Coast, so it's very comforting. Um, I'm Eileen P. from Minnesota. Um, I have a wonderful sponsor, and I'm recovering in this program, and I really appreciate this meeting. Um, I love this passage because I was an agnostic uh, when I was much younger, um, and uh, and I also like someone had said you know I was considered smart, academically smart. I've always been like I'm smart, you know, and I am smart, and it's a glorious thing. But um, it will not save me from this illness. Uh, all of the science and, and wonderful things that people have learned about the body, I can know all those things, and I will still reach for food and I can't stop eating it and I can't stop starting eating it again. Um, food, uh, my alcoholic foods did um, beat me um, and and beat me into a state of reasonableness. Um, a year ago, my last big binge um, uh, was, I was just, I just went to the pantry and I was looking for food, anything with sugar in it. Um, and there just wasn't enough, and it was never going to be enough. And I would bring it up to my room and I'd make sure nobody saw me because I lived with four other people. Um, and, you know, it just, it was never going to end. And I've, I've been on family vacations. I've uh, gotten sick, and everyone thinks I'm just sick, you know. But, and my kids think, oh, mommy's sick, so, you know, she's, she's going to be in her room. I was eating. I was eating myself sick on family. This is years ago now and I've, I, I've experienced um, some physical recovery and some in recovery, but I, I don't, you know, I don't say recovered yet because I think I'm still in recovery. So that's what I do. But um, these meetings are really helping me. I, um, I need, I need to understand the big book. I need to understand how to not be agnostic about this disease and about my higher power. Um, I, became a religious person or I have a relationship with God, but it's almost like I was really worshiping my intellect um, and saying like, well, if, if something doesn't intellectually make sense to me, I'm not going to do it. My thinking is whole and, and doesn't need help, help, excuse me, but my thinking is broken. 
um, when it comes to food and probably a lot of things um, as an addict, as a food addict. So I'm just saying, like, if you're worshiping your thinking and you think, you know, if you're out there and you're like me and you're worshiping your thinking, um, you know, it's time to it's time to listen to someone else besides your own head. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Eileen. Uh, we're going to open up the line for Sharon. Page 47, fourth paragraph here, the wing Gnostics. And although uh, we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third night. So you know what that means. Who would like to share? Chris W. Chris W. Chris W. Amy G. Uh, Sue Ann. Yes. Sue Ann W. Okay. Who else? Phil M. Jennifer C. Pete. Pedro. Jennifer C. Let's see where we're at after this list. Sue. Who was that again? Sue from New Jersey. S U Z. We'll see. Okay, well, we'll see, let's see if we can get you all in here. Chris W, Amy G, Sue N W, Pete B, Pedro B, Jennifer C, and Suze. All right, Chris W, you're up. Hi, this is Chris W, Chris with a K from Tennessee. And um, this whole reading just speaks so loudly of the set-aside prayer concepts that I didn't even hear about that prayer for the first year or so I was back in the rooms. And um, and I finally just recently started um, to apply those and ask God to just show me the things that that I need to set aside because I actually thought I knew everything about everything. If someone would say one thing, I would always find the opposite thing to um, make a point that they were wrong and I was right, even when things didn't matter at all. And... Um, I was just prejudiced about everything and I'd be on the rooms listening to the meetings and be so happy to, to have all this fellowship and, and then pick apart different things. You know, this person talks too fast. They talk too slow, blah, 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 blah. There was always something. And, you know, I came into these rooms. I finally got a relationship with God because of 12 step programs and working the steps. But it wasn't this kind of work in the steps like we do here in vision. And um, I I really didn't want him to help me with my food. I still wanted to hang on to that. But I wanted the emotional sobriety. I wanted to be peaceful and calm. I didn't like being um, judgmental and gossiping about people and all those things. But I wasn't really interested in doing his will and asking him what he wanted me to do every day. But God even showed me not to be um, like with the set aside concept that I changed the word or he changed the word rebellion to the word resistant. And that has been a huge thing in the last, just recently, because I used to say I was rebellious about this and that. And I saw it as such a negative thing and that I was deliberately doing that. 
And instead of saying, you know, asking myself, what am I resisting? Well, that just sounds so much more gentle and loving. And I'm more willing to stop and think, okay, I might be resisting. I might be clutching my teeth and tightening my fists when I get a suggestion of something I need to do. But then I end up doing it because I know, okay, if I'm resisting like that, then it's probably good for me. And I just think I know better and prove that that's not working right. So um, I also feel like my last two years that I've been back in the programs, that my relapses have been my greatest asset and they've shown me that I really do have a disease. And like someone just said, my thinking is broken. Um, With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Chris. Next up is Amy G, followed by Sue Ann W. Hey, Russ. Good morning. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive eater from Maryland. Um, thank you, everyone, for such a wonderful meeting. Happy Friday. So I, I always have to bit smile a little bit when it talks about this casual reference to spiritual things made us bristle with antagonism. Boy, my antagonism, I was so entrenched in my antagonism. When I first went to my, when I went to my first Overeaters Anonymous meeting and I heard people talking about doing things that I did with food and I felt hope and I thought, oh my gosh. And and then they mentioned the word God and I got up in the middle of the meeting, talk about bristling antagonism. And I walked out of the meeting, little Miss Drama Queen, you knew why I was leaving. And God bless you all. God with skin on this fellowship, never doubt the power of planting seeds and carrying the message to the still suffering compulsive eater because someone followed me out of that meeting And the beauty of that was that they didn't try to convince me that there was God. All they did was say, we welcome you. The only requirement for membership is a desire not to be crazy with food. And they handed me the pamphlet that we still have today called 15 Questions, Are You a Compulsive Eater? They understood what I needed to understand, that I needed to be beaten into a sense of reasonableness first before I would have ever been open to any sort of higher power, regardless of my having agnosticism or not, because my MO was to try to fix myself. And I'd love to say that after I read that pamphlet, I answered yes to every single question, that it was, you know, all rainbows and roses from there on out. But I spent another almost five years in Overeaters Anonymous, still trying to do it my way, still trying to play God, which ultimately I think that's what my agnosticism was all about. I mean, I didn't know it back then, but I had to try every way that I could, human experience, knowledge, all of that willpower to try to fix myself first and then lose every single time. And this whole thing about obstinacy and unreasonable prejudice, when it came to the whole higher power and God thing, for me, I started to understand that that prejudice just came from prior beliefs and experience and what I experienced. And because I experienced it, I thought, well, then it must be so. And I think what Bill is saying over and over and over again in these chapters, in these paragraphs, rather, is that as long as I'm open to being open to hearing what is being said of something other than what I've experienced and believed, that's all I need. 
as long as I'm not playing God, as long as I know I need something greater than me because I know I can't fix myself, right? I don't have to abandon everything that I've believed. I mean, ultimately, in recovery, at one point, I did, quote, fire my old higher power and, and hired a new one. But as long as I'm open and willing to hear and try and do something different, well, then I'm going to be all right because you all told me I would be. And indeed, that right. has been the case for me. Yeah, I'll wrap up. You know, I also celebrated uh, an anniversary in December. And, and I am so grateful because beaten into that reasonableness, I then was able to look outside of myself and find another way. And thank God I looked to you all and then the problem had been solved. God put skin on in these 12 steps. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks, Eddie. Next up is Sue Ann W. followed by Pete Bates. Good morning. It's Sue Ann W. from Pennsylvania. I want to thank everybody for your service. Um, I haven't been to this meeting for a long, long time, but I really appreciate all the things I've heard this meeting. I am not recovered, but one day at a time, and yesterday I experienced a true miracle. I had been somewhere, and I came out of the ride, and I saw that the little store beside me was open. So I ran in there and picked a couple of my toxic foods and started back into my apartment. But the time I got there, I was like, wait a minute. And I threw the foods down that trash chute, and I was like, I am free. I am free. And this was a gift from God. So I went back into my apartment, and I slept pretty much. And then I woke up in the middle of the night, and I got some other thing out of the freezer. And I put it in the microwave, and I'm like, wait a minute. Do you remember that feeling from yesterday, that free feeling? So I put it back away and didn't eat it. So by the grace of God, I have been abstinent for I don't know how many nights overnight. And um, my sponsor is really helpful to me. And um, I, I pour gratitude every night. So I am grateful that I graduated from art school with an A. I'm grateful that I have a roof over my head every single night. I'm grateful, so grateful that I managed to come to this meeting because I woke up really early. And that's all I wanted to say. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Thanks, Sue Ann. Next up is Pete B. followed by Pedro. Thanks, Russ. My name's Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater, recovered today by God's grace and mercy. I'm in Pennsylvania. Appreciate your service. Thanks for taking the meeting. I love the language in here. Faced with alcoholic destruction, you know, it, it's you know, I, I laugh. Well, you know, I, I find it interesting. You know, I hear folks say, "Well, if you know, if they would have told me when I got here that I had to find a God." Well, then I would have left. I would, never would have stuck around, right? And 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 book tells us if if once you start eating, you find you have little control over the amount you take, or if you decide to stop, you probably or you may have a condition that only a spiritual experience will conquer. Well, where are you going to get a spiritual experience? Where are you going to have that that experience? You know, I, you know, it, 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 it. Unfortunately, it's just the facts of the condition. You know, we hear all these things and we want to paint this picture where, you you know, you just have to do this or it's only a little bit of this. You know, our book says no human power. That includes God's wit skin. 
right? No human power, no mental defense, no mere code of morals or better philosophy of life, right? This is alcoholic destruction, and there's no need to water it down. You know, we talk about you know, just because I, I had these ideas, I was closed-minded before, I came in here and I became open-minded to what you people say, that doesn't mean I'm open-minded. I could still be closed-minded just setting aside everything I think I know for what I think you know. Right? Open-minded means I remain open-minded. This relationship that I'm starting to develop with this power is going to constantly evolve constantly expand, right? Constantly being guided and directed by this power. That's what open-minded is. I'm grateful for the beating that alcohol and food did to me that keeps me in this state of reasonless. The moment that I make up my mind that says, that says this is the way it has to be, that's the moment I stop growing. That's the moment I start heading backwards. Right? So I need to remain open-minded. I need to remain letting this power guide me and direct me. We're supposed to be seeking that every single day. What I remain convinced, though, absolutely without a doubt convinced, is that this disease is the worst disease on the face of this earth. It'll always take, it'll deprive me from every bit of peace of mind and serenity that I'm rightly entitled to as a human being. And I have it, and it only gets worse, never better. And there's no power out, there's, 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 there's nothing aside from having an effective spiritual experience that's going to solve that. I'll walk a free man today. Sorry. Relieved of all the weight, relieved of the bondage of self. Thanks, I'll pass. Thanks, Pete. Pedro, you have about two minutes. Jennifer C. and Suzette, I'm sorry. I uh, uh, messed that, up the time. Hit it, Pedro. Yeah. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your shares and thank you for your service. Uh, my name is Pedro. I am a compulsive overeater. I live in San Bernardino, California. And um, yeah, um, Faced with alcoholic destruction, um, you know, I was thinking about my friend uh, Harlem G. That says that uh, food is not the problem for the compulsive overeater. The buildup of uh, spiritual, I mean, uh, uh, human emotions is our problems. You know, and uh, I was remembering my friend, uh, my friend Ross, that I worked with, the step with. That we started with the set aside prayer. Let's put everything up. Fine. Everything you think, everything you think you know about God, the steps, the uh, for an open mind in a new experience. Uh, you know, um, the great persuader. You know, uh, alcohol and food. Um, uh, for me, it's it's like I heard this this lady share this being restless, irritable, and discontent. That's my persuader to to take action. You know, recently. I had uh, an experience where I got a resentment, and I didn't think it was a big resentment. Oh, yeah, I had a resentment. I was angry about this, and I didn't think nothing too much of it. And the next thing I know is I don't want to do anything. Well, well no, yeah, no, I'm done. I'm quit. I'm out of here. I, uh, 
I don't want to go to meetings. I don't want to pray. I don't want to read the book. I don't want to, I, I stop. I, I give up. I want to run. That's what I do. That's what I do. I start eating and then I, I run. I run away from it. Anyway, so what happened is what I got was, you know, futility and unhappiness. And having experience with peace of mind and happiness in this program, I can compare. It's like, I don't like what I'm getting. I don't like this doing nothing. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, that's it? Oh, wow. There was so much more I wanted to share. Thankfully, I didn't share. Sorry, Pedro. That's my fault. I got messed up with the times. Sorry, Jennifer C. Sorry, Suzette. Thank you to everyone who shared. I appreciate it. I'll get better next week with this time. Please join us for a, sec- a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following this closing. And today's share ID, Friday, December 9th, 2022, Eastern Standard Time, is 19,732. 19732. Now, we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by Serenity Prayer. So, will Sherry D. please read our book is meant to be suggestive only. Keep you in mind until then. Thank you. Good morning, Tribe Sherry D., compulsive overeater from Maryland. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.